Amen. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 20, verse number 40. And as thy servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said unto him, So shall thy judgment be. Thyself have decided it. The message translation says, But I got busy doing one thing after another. And the next time I looked, he was gone. King of Israel said, you just pronounce your own verdict. Father, we thank you for these words. Now let the Holy Spirit that's within us bring these words to life within us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to address you from a subject today. Busy here and there. Busy here and there. Here we have the story of the king of Israel and the king of Syria. Syria mean high land. That God had delivered unto the hands of Ahab simply because Ben Hayden had said that the reason that Israel had beaten them was because he was the God of the hill. Note 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 23, it says, And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of the hill. Therefore, they were stronger than we. But let us fight them again in the plains, and surely we shall be stronger than they. But how many of us realize that he wins wherever he fights? Whether it's hills, valleys, rivers, ocean, or in space, he wins. He wins. Amen. This victory is not because of the righteousness of Ahab, but because of the wickedness of the heathen. Sometimes God will let us win. Not because we've been so righteous, but because the wicked have been so wicked. So we don't need to boast in ourselves thinking that we are all of that in a bag of chips. You might be the bag, but you're not the chips. Amen. And so we got to realize that God can do what he wants to do. So we see that this, the, the, they were, the Syrian was wrong about one thing, and that was that he was the God of the hill. But they thought again, and they had another thought. And the thought, look in verse 31, says this. And his servants said unto him, Behold now, 
We have heard that the king of the house of Israel are a merciful king. Let us, I pray thee, put sackcloths on our lawns and ropes upon our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Preadventure, he will save thy life. This time, they were right. Because we note in verse 32, what do that say? Now, this crazy man got a man who's trying to kill him, calling this man his brother. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you that we cannot play with the enemy. You can't make a pet out of the devil. When God defeats the devil, it becomes our duty to destroy the devil. Yeah. I think we got too many pets. Little sins that we pet up. Little sins that we call all right. But we got to get rid of all sins. The book of Peter says, uh, be sober, be vigilant because you're what? Adversary the devil. As a roaring lion, he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We have been uh, called with a holy calling, amen, to represent him. Who's him? Jesus Christ in the earth. This is a special calling that God has given us. Amen. Tell your neighbor you have a special call on you. God didn't just save you just because he didn't have nothing else to do. He knew you when he saved you and saved you anyhow. The calling that we have is a holy calling. Peter says here, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. We're living in an age now when to say holy is almost a bad word. And the church said, Amen. But to be holy is one of the greatest privileges that anyone has. I'm called to be holy. God has made me holy. I'm called to be holy. I woke up this morning and I was thinking one of the worst things that we can do is to die and not be ready. Having cancer is bad. Dying in a car accident is bad. Getting shot to death is bad. But the worst tragedy that we can have is to die and not be ready. To be cast out in outer darkness. But what has happened to us is the devil have come along and got us busy here and there. 
We are not even aware of some of the stuff that's going on in our lives. See, what the devil does is distract you and then steal from you. He distracts you and you don't even realize when your joy is gone. He distracts you. You don't even realize when your press is gone. He distracts you. He distracts us sometimes to the point that members of our families are on their way to hell and we do nothing about it. Help us. Oh, I need somebody to help us, Lord. Because it's the truth. We become so tied up with these little nigger things of the earth. We are not aware of judgment. We are not aware that Jesus is on his way back. We are not aware, amen, that if we are not careful, the Holy Ghost would have seeped out of our lives and we are going forth with religious stuff. But salvation is gone. Help me, Lord. That's why the scripture says that we have to be conscious of the fact, amen, that the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and destroy. He don't come to take, he come to steal. Because he can't come before you and just take it. He has figured out a way to steal it. He is a thief. He will steal your press. He will steal your ambition. He will steal your holiness and leave you with nothing. But we have to stand up and be aware of what the enemy is trying to do with us. He has us busy here and there and he's stealing from us. And we are not aware of how much he's already taken from us. Yes, we go to church. Yes, we are religious. Yes, we read our Bibles. Yes, we have gotten some tongue that we've already made up. You've been speaking in the same tongue for 30 years. But the Holy Ghost is a moving Holy Ghost. It goes from one degree to another. He'll take away your desire for the word of God. He'll take away your desire for the pleasure of his presence. You'll get used to not feeling him. You'll get used to not talking to him. You'll get used to not reading the word. You'll get used without having a conviction. You will get used to it. He's still away from us. And you're still religious. You're still in church. But you are empty. You are empty of desire. You are empty of the press. You are empty for the craving from God. You are empty of faith. Why? You became busy here and there when you weren't paying attention he came and stole from you and leave you religious without salvation my heart is so burdened when I look around and we are going around like mindless people there was a time we had less but we were convicted
We would get convicted about our sins. But now we want to reference and find out who else is doing the same thing we're doing. But there was a time when sin would convict our hearts and bring us to tears and bring us to the altar, but no more. We like to group in piles of people that's doing the same thing that we're doing. Why? Because we became busy here and there and the Holy Ghost escaped us and we didn't even know the Holy Ghost was gone. In the 25th chapter of the book of Matthews, the Bible says that there were 10 virgins. Five was wise, five was futile. The term virgin meant that they were clean people. They were clean people. They weren't doing wrong. They were clean people. But there were people who took their salvation for granted. Brothers and sisters, we cannot for a moment take our salvation for granted. This is what Paul said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We are doing just enough to get by. Oh God, the fear of God have left our hearts and left us with this spirit of really this trying to endure till the grave come. But the truth of the matter is, each one of us in this room have an assignment to our lives that God has given us and you've got to finish what God have told you to finish. But when the devil steals from you, the urgency is gone. And I'm just going through the motion. God help us and bring a conviction back in our hearts until we are convicted by the word of God, until our hearts become burdened when we are not crying out to God, until we feel condemned when we are not witnessing to sinners. Help us, Lord. But we've gotten so busy here and there. We've come to the place that we can most anything go. Holiness is something that we don't want anymore. We associate with knotty heads and long dresses. And therefore, we have a kind of divorce that out of our lives. But holiness is not knotty heads and long dresses. Holiness is clean living for God. Holiness is obeying the word of God. And let me say here, you can't steal like a thief and be holy. You can't drink like a fish and be holy. You can't curse like a sailor and be holy. You can't sleep around like a loose person and be holy. You can't lie, cheat, and steal and still be holy. Amen. Robbing God of tithes and offering and still say you're holy. Running down everybody in the church and still saying you're holy. Doing what you want to do and still saying you're holy. It won't work. That is not holiness. Remember, God set the terms. Whatever God's demand, he supplies. There is no demon in hell that can defeat you. 
He said in the book of Luke chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, Behold, I give unto you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Don't get excited because the demons are subject to you because this will make you use, lose your destination. We are heaven bound. We are destined to go and live with God. That's our destination. This is not your final stop. This is your dressing room. This is where we should be getting ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. You are all that Jesus have here in this life to complete his work. The apostle Peter puts it this way, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past was not a people, but are now the people of God, which did not obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we see through these verses, God has chosen us to show forth his praise. He didn't save you to sit on a seat. He didn't save you just to be saving you. He has saved you and given you assignment to do. Would you know when Christ has gone out of your life? Or have we gotten so used to living without him that we don't even know when he's gone? If he was to die right now, he was to die right now, would you be ready to meet God? If he was to die this very moment, would you be ready to enter eternity? Or have you gone so numb to eternity until it no longer bothers your conscience? We used to be afraid of God. We used to be afraid of hell. Have we gotten to the place that we have become so calloused until we are not moved anymore by God, by heaven, by hell, or by anything else. This is the state that Israel got to. She got to the place where God was no longer able to move her heart. She moved away from God. She gave him the same name, but created calves to replace God. I wonder and us being busy here and there, who have you placed God with? Who have become the God in your life? Who is getting your attention now? Who is getting your praise now? I'm a jealous God. I will not suffer you to put anything in my place. As a church redeemed, we got to wake up. God have assigned a work for this church to do. And we got to be busy about our father's business. You don't need someone over your shoulder. 
But what you need is a press in your soul that says live or die, sink or swim. I'm going to do the will of God out of a pure heart. I am troubled. I am bothered how we have become so busy and so calloused until we no longer have the conviction of Jesus Christ. Dancing is not going to do it. You got to know the word of God enough in this day and time. This is a deceiving age that we are living in. And if we are not awakened to God, we will be among those that are caught up and fall away from God. The worst thing in the world is to die and not be ready for Jesus when he comes. We tolerate sin. But if we are going to serve the Lord, you have to develop a hate for sin. I didn't say a dislike. I say a hate for sin. Sin is sin. Whether it's in your boo or not, sin is still sin. You ought to want to see your boo saved. You ought to want to see your family saved. You ought to want to see your friend saved. Sin is sin. We got to get ready. But the intoxication of activity keep us going without reflection as to why we go or whether we go. Like homeless drunkards, merchandise, we rush hither and yon, selling our labor for that which is not bread. Some years ago, I ran across this article. It says, Satan called a worldwide convention on demons. In his opening address, he said that we cannot keep Christians from going to church. We cannot keep them from reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from forming an intimate relationship with their Savior. Once they gain the connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So this is what they decided to do. So let us go to their churches. So let them go to their churches. Let them have covered dish dinners. But steal their time so that they won't have time to develop relationships with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do, said the devil. Distract them from gaining hold of the Savior and maintaining a vital connection throughout their day. How shall we do this? The demon shouted. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their mind, he answered. Tempt them to spin, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade the wives to go to work for long hours and the husband to work six, seven days every week 
10 and 12 hours a day so that they can afford their empty lifestyle. Keep them from spending time with their children. As their families fragment, soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so that they cannot hear that still, small voice. And this is important for us. God don't yell at you. He speaks to you through a still, soft voice. He don't yell. He wants to have intimacy with you. He that have an ear to hear, just because you got flaps on side your head, it don't mean that you got an ear to hear because Vic is going to be intimate. I'm going to speak in a soft voice and only they that have relationship with me are going to be able to hear what I'm saying. He hollers at his enemy. He hollers at the people that he's going to destroy. But for those that he loves, the voice is always low and intimate. If you don't have a relationship, you won't see his lips move. You will not see his eyes gaze on you, and you'll not hear the sound of his voice. Why? Because we are busy here and there. The king said, I was busy here and there. And he escaped. How much have escaped us with us being busy here and there? So he said with a steel voice, enticed him to play the radio or the cassette players whenever they drive to keep the TV, VCR, CDs, and their PCs going continually in their home and see to it that every store and restaurant in the world plays non-biblical music continually. This will jam their minds and break that union with Christ. Fill the coffee table with magazines and newspapers Pound their minds with news 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Flood their mailbox with junk mail, mail orders, catalogs, sweepstakes, and every kind of newsletter and promotional office, free product services, and false hope. Give them Santa Claus to distract them from teaching their children the real meaning of Christmas. Give them an Easter bunny so that they won't talk about his resurrection and power over sin and death. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Let them return from their recreations 
exhausted. Keep them too busy to go out in nature and reflect on God's creation. Send them to amusement park, sporting events, plays, concerts, movies instead. Keep them busy, busy, busy. And when they meet with their spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so that they leave with troubled consciences. Crowd their lives with so many good causes that they have no time to seek power from Jesus. Soon they will be working from their own strength, sacrificing their health and families for the good of the cause. It will work. It will work. The demons went forth equally, attacking the Christian, carrying forth the plains of Satan. We have to ask the question, I asked this question, has his plane worked in your life? Have you become so busy that Christ is no longer number one in your life? Have you become so busy that you have lost the conviction of sin? The term busy, B-U-S-Y. Could it be that this B-U-S-Y is being under Satan's yoke? Could that be? Busy here and there. You will kill sin or sin will kill you. Stop trying to be kind to sin. Kill sin. You pet it, it will grow. Amen. If you love people, tell them the truth. Amen. I know you're not jumping over pews, but God knows it will keep you from jumping in hell. If you would listen. Too much entertainment, too much excitement. It's time to start living holy and face the issues. We have been entertained and entertained and entertained, but it's time now to let you know God is calling for holiness. He's not calling for you to be social. He's calling for you to be holy. Are you willing to be hated for his name's sake? Too many people liking you now. You must not be telling somebody the truth. Amen? You shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Make you free. Friend, you have been called with a holy calling. How are you responding to that call? Today, if Jesus was to come on the cloud, the next minute, are you ready to go back with him? Or have you been on your agenda so long until you don't know whether or not you'll be ready or not when Jesus comes? Truth of the matter is, the world don't have to come to an end for you to lose your life. No, it don't. David said there's only one step between me 
and death. And the same thing is true about you. There's only one step between you and death. And if he was to call you this moment, are you ready to answer his kingdom? Are you sitting in church saying, well, eventually I'm going to get it together? No. Today that you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. This is the time. God has dealt with your heart and told you certain things to do. and You have ignored him. But what will happen eventually, your heart will become calloused and cold towards God. And salvation will go out of the window. You're here today. You're ready to give, my, give your life back to the Lord. You can't go there without holiness. You can't serve him. Holiness is what pleases him. And you can't produce the holiness. He produces the holiness in you.